for 30 plus years. I've seen every type of child grow up. Instead of giving me what I wanted, she gave me what I needed, which was truth. Don't let emotions win. Let truth win. Do your very best, and you should have a lot of fun while you do it. And the better you get at something, the more fun you're going to have at something. You moms and dads are wired with everything you need to be a parent to a great kid. Welcome to Parenting Great Kids. I'm your host, Dr. Meg Meeker. And you know, friends, my goal with each podcast is to help encourage you and coach you and teach you to be the parent you want to be, not the parent I think you should be, the parent you want to be. And in my podcast, I interview child and adolescent experts so you can understand why your kids do what they do. Because I believe once you understand that, then you can respond better. I want to give you the tools to grow your kids into great kids. And if they're already great, you can help them be greater. No topic is off limits. So if there's a subject you would like discussed, let me know. Again, these podcasts are for you. At the end of each podcast, I'll give you three points to ponder, which are takeaways that you can start using right away. Now, when you listen to the podcast, please subscribe because every episode will contain the most up-to-date professional help on a variety of issues that are going to encourage you and help you and guide you. PGK is on iTunes, Stitcher, and the Google Play Store. And of course, you can always go to my website, meekerparenting.com, and hear the podcast there. So friends, at the end of my podcast, many of you may be thinking, now what do I do? I have a lot of questions from the podcast, and I don't know where to go to ask them. Well, I have a solution for you. Join my private online community, Parenting Great Kids Community. It's a private community, subscription only, where you go in and you and I chat, you ask questions, I give answers. Other parents are in there offering advice and help and encouragement. I post videos uh, answering your questions. I post short teaching videos on a specific topic. Um, I do live videos once a month. And any course that I've ever written, you have access to free every month during this year, I'm going to come out with a brand new course. I have done how to talk to your kids about sex. I'm doing how to stop temper tantrums. And the next course that will be coming out is how to talk to your kids about puberty. And that's going to be our topic for today. I know you will love the PGK community. So go to my website, meekerparenting.com and sign up today. It's easy. You will love it. So today, I'm going to be talking about how to talk to your kids about puberty. Now, the reason I'm doing this is because one of the most common questions that I get in my office is talking to kids about puberty. A lot of times, parents will come in and say, "Um, you know, my daughter's nine, and she's just starting to develop, and I don't know what to do. You know, I haven't had that talk with her. And many parents, or particularly mothers, will say, you know, my mother never talked to me, and I don't know how to talk to my daughter, so can you please help me? And of course, talking to kids about tough topics is one of the most fun things I do. Believe it or not, I'm one of those really weird people who loves to talk to kids about sex and puberty and all sorts of really hard things. Many parents will say, how do I start the conversation? Other parents will say, I'm just too embarrassed to have the conversation. 
Or what do I do if I start to talk and my kid runs out of the room or they don't want to listen or they make funny noises or they start to giggle? That's all totally normal. And so I walk you through those kinds of things in my program, How to Talk to Kids About Puberty. But for the sake of the podcast today, let's walk through some of the challenges you might have how to deal with those challenges, and then how to answer questions your kids have. So one of the most important things to do when you're talking to your kids about puberty is to figure out the best time to talk to them. Do you talk to them when they're five? Do you talk to them when they're eight? Do you talk to them when you're 12? Well, 12 is too late. Generally, what I like to do is wait until kids are starting to develop. Some kids that'll be eight, some kids that'll be 10 or 11. Or I wait until the time when a lot of their friends are beginning to develop. There are many girls in fifth and sixth grade who are have friends who are wearing bras or maybe in start their period, but your daughter may be behind, but she knows something's going on with her friends and she doesn't know what's gonna to happen to her. So if that's the case, you need to come in and talk to your daughter about puberty. So when either when she, starts going through it or your son starts going through it or when their friends are going through it and you realize they may have questions as well. The reason you want to be the one to talk to your kids about puberty is threefold. First, you know your child and you may anticipate how they're going to feel about it and the questions they may have. And they want to know how you feel about their puberty. They want to know what you believe about their body, how you feel about their body, how they should approach thinking about their body. Because believe it or not, your kids pick up cues from you all the time about what you think about them. And they do this not because they're self-centered, even though they are self-centered. They do it because they form a sense of self according to what they believe you believe about them. So if they understand, by the way you talk, your tone of voice, the words you say, that you believe their bodies are wonderful, they internalize that and they believe their bodies are wonderful. They don't get that when they read a book. You can give them the most positive book you can find, and there's some pretty good ones out there, but the books are never going to communicate to them what you really want them to know, which is your body's amazing. I appreciate your body. I look at your body as something beautiful and I want you to do the same. This is whether you have a son or whether you have a daughter. So it's important that you do the talking so that you can transmit your beliefs about them and puberty so that they can come to believe about that. Second, you want to make sure that your kids feel positive about the changes they're going to be going through. You know, again, you can just hand them the facts. You can say in stage one of the Tanner stages, you won't go through anything. Tanner stage two, this will happen, three, four, five. And you can walk them through all the body changes that they're going to have and what order they're going to happen to. Well, they can read that in a book again, but they'll walk away from the book still wondering, well, what is it all about? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? 
Um, should I feel ashamed of my body? I kind of do feel ashamed of my body. You are the one who goes in there and, and shows them that puberty is a natural thing. It's a wonderful thing. And it's nothing to feel ashamed about because I can guarantee you every single child going through puberty, no matter what stage they're in, feels embarrassed and at some point ashamed of their body. And if you doubt what I'm saying, watch their body language. Girls will stand there with their arms covering their tummy. Boys, if they feel they're too tall, will slouch. Boys, if they feel they're too short, will stand up. They will do funny things with their voices. In other words, their body language will show you that they feel very uncomfortable about who they are at that moment. And your job is the parent is to not to falsely pump them up, but to say, you know what? I get that you're uncomfortable. You know, this was uncomfortable for me. It's uncomfortable for everybody. It's uncomfortable for your best friend. That's normal. But I want you to know something. Your body's going through all these peculiar changes so that it can be wonderful on the other side, so that it can function just the way it's supposed to function, so that you can grow up and have children if you want, so that you can grow up and be the adult that you want to be, that you're supposed to be. And in order to get to that place of adulthood, your body has to change from being a kid to being a pre-teenager to being a teenager to being a grown-up. And that is a huge transformation that your body has to go through. So it's going to be uncomfortable and you're going to be uncomfortable, but you need to know I'm not uncomfortable with it because I know it's wonderful and I know your body is functioning just the way it's supposed to be functioning. So you give a lot of reassurance to your child. You make them have a positive perception of puberty. You lift some of that shame that they will feel off of their shoulders. During puberty, kids look at themselves a lot. They go into the bathroom, they are in a shower and they poke around and they try to figure out what's what and what's growing and what's not growing. And they wonder, are my friend's body parts growing the same way? And so you, you don't want them to be feel ashamed of the questions they're asking themselves and that they're wondering about. The third reason you want to make sure you're the one to talk to them about puberty is because while you're discussing puberty, for good or for bad, other topics related to puberty come up. And this can come up before you have the talk about puberty with your kids. Issues like transgender or gender identity, sexual identity, sexual orientation, what they are um, relative to their friends. Kids at a very early age look around and size other kids up because they're sizing themselves up because they want to know where they fit in their pack of friends. And so they hear their friends talking about things and they see different things going on in the class and they are naturally curious about them. They want to know how to respond to those things, what they should think about those things, what those things have to do with them. And because they're young children, they can't process all of this. So 
you need to be there to help them process these issues. And it's very important that you help them do the processing because every parent has different opinions, perspectives, and feelings about these issues. And it's important that you, as the parent of your child, communicate what you want to communicate to your child. Because every parent's going to communicate something different to their child. So it's important that you do it, not just a teacher or some sex ed person or a person who comes into class like I would do and talk to the kids about puberty. So it's really important that you're engaged in the conversation because the conversation is going to go way beyond puberty. And you need to be able to handle questions that come up. And they're tricky. So that's why you need to think about this ahead of time. So where do you start? First of all, you need to kind of prep yourself. Okay. You need to pump yourself up. You need to think about the conversation ahead of time. Because I guarantee you, even if you plan the conversation, it's not going to come at the planned time. It's probably going to come as you're pulling into a grocery store parking lot. It's probably going to come as you drive your kid home from a soccer game or when you're just about ready to go to a movie with your child. It's going to come at the oddest time. So you got to be ready and you, and you don't want to act shocked. You want to go, oh, I'm so glad you asked those questions. I've been meaning to talk to you about that. This is, this is terrific that you're asking them. I encourage you to answer them when they come up. If you really can't and you're on the phone or something like that or in the middle of a conference call, you need to say to your child, these are wonderful questions and it's a really important conversation I want to have. So let's have it a little bit later today. How about after dinner? And you give them a specific time because you want your child to know this is an important topic for them and for you. So you, you want to make sure that you sit down one-on-one and you have the conversation because it's important to you and it's important to them. Before you have the conversation, review the body changes. You know, uh, it, particularly if your parents didn't tell you what's going to happen at what stages, you may feel that you're in the dark and you may have forgotten what happens when because you're so old. Okay. So it's really important that you go through the stages. Now you can go to the internet and look up a chart anywhere, print the chart. In my course, I go through all of the changes and they're basically five stages of puberty. And I'm going to review them quickly um, for girls and for boys. For girls, stage one is when they're uh, pre-pubertal. But at the end of stage one, just before they're ready to start puberty, the brain sends signals to the body, get ready, get ready, here it comes. And when those signals start coming, you may notice that your child's moods begin to fluctuate. I can't tell you how many parents have asked me if girls can have PMS before they have their periods. And I said, oh, yes, they can. Because... The brain is doing things. The brain is sending signals, often via hormones, to say, let's go, let's go. And your daughter feels that. Stage two. This usually begins between ages eight and 11. Now, if it starts before the age of eight, go to have a talk with your doctor, her doctor, and say, this is what I'm seeing. Is this normal? Her breasts are starting to bud. She's wearing deodorant. Um, is this okay? And your doctor will talk you through with that because if they start too early, there could be signs that there's, there's a problem that your doctor needs to help with. So in stage two, 
usually between 8 and 11, but it can be later, um, but shouldn't be much earlier, the breasts begin to bud. You will tell your dog, they're like little pebbles begin to form under the nipple. Pubic hair starts to form. It's real fine, straight, sort of hair on the back of a little downy chicken. Just, just fine pubic hair starts to form. Girls begin to feel more emotionally unstable. And all of these events tend to happen all at once or they can happen sequentially, but a lot of times they happen all at once. And this is the very beginning of the pubertal changes. Stage two begins around age 12. I don't want you to write that number down and go, okay, my kid's 11, it's happening, what's wrong? Or my kid's 14, it's happening, what's wrong? There's a wide range of normal. But in stage two, her breasts continue to grow. She begins to develop hair under her armpits. She can start to have acne. She may have her highest rate of growth, maybe one to three inches per year in stage three. And this will really throw her off. Her hips and her thighs will begin to build up fat and her shape will begin to change. And she will suddenly run into the kitchen and say, mom, my pants don't fit anymore. I'm getting fat. I can't button them. And you say, honey, I know it feels awkward. And I know you may not like it. You're not fat. Your body's doing what it's supposed to do because you're growing up. And it's hard sometimes to get girls to accept that. Then you have stage four, a average age of onset, 13 to 14. Her breasts are growing fuller, and this is the time when many girls get their first period. Her height will slow down. Her pubic hair gets fuller and thicker. And then in stage five, which is around 15, her breasts reach an adult side. Her periods should be starting to get more regular. She'll reach her adult height two years after she starts her first period. So if your daughter starts her period at 13, by 15, she should be done growing. Um, her pubic hair begins to fill out and her hips and her thighs and her buttocks fill out and she has an adult shape. So by the end of stage five, which can happen pretty quickly, she's a full grown adult. Now, you need to tell your daughter in general how these changes are going to come and when they're going to come and the sequence that they're coming. Because if you don't tell her, she's going to be scared. Okay, if you don't tell her that her breasts are going to be starting to grow and a little bit of pubic hair, but her period's not going to start yet, she might anticipate she's supposed to have her period and get scared. If you don't tell her that her menstruation's going to start a little bit later in puberty and she's not ready for her first period, she could freak out when she has her first period. Okay, so I always tell mothers and girls who have started through puberty, maybe they're in stage two or three, okay, that they need to get ready for their period. And this is what they need to do. They need to get a Ziploc baggie. They need to get some wipies, a fresh pair of underwear, and a pad or two, a maxi pad or whatever. You know what a pad is. There's a gazillion different kinds. Put it in the Ziploc bag and zip it up. Then take that bag and put it in um, a cosmetic kit, put it inside a sock or something so that if it falls out of her backpack onto the school hallway floor, kids don't scream and laugh at her. Her sock fell out, a pencil case fell out, whatever. And she puts it back in. She takes the pack with her wherever she goes on an overnight to camp 
to school, wherever. And then you tell her that when her period starts, she gets her pack, she changes her underwear, she cleans herself off, she puts the pad in her underwear, and you show her how to do it. Now, believe it or not, dads can do this really fairly easily. You know, there are a lot of single dads out there who have um, young girls. And if you're a single dad, this is exactly what you do. Your daughter may be embarrassed, but don't worry. She's going to be embarrassed if her mom tells her how to do it. But it doesn't matter. But what you want to do is get your daughter ready so that she anticipates that period and that she will know exactly what to do when that first period comes. Because if, if her period comes and she's not ready, she's going to have to go find the camp counselor. She's going to have to go tell her friend's mother if she's a sleepover. She's going to have to go to the school office and whisper in somebody's ear, um, I think I started my first period and I don't know what to do. She'll be independent. She'll know exactly what to do. And then when she comes home, she can tell you and there you go. But I can't tell you how much more confident it makes a girl feel if she's ready for her period. You can talk to her about what it may feel like when she has her period, that she's going to feel like she wet her pants. Okay. But then she goes to the bathroom and she's, and then she sees blood. You can tell her that maybe she'll have a period for a day. Maybe it'll last for seven days. She may have some cramping. She may not have some cramping. In other words, just tell her you're not exactly sure how it's going to go for her, but however it goes, it's going to be fine. And that's what you really want to reassure your daughter about. And some parents, I didn't do this, but some parents um, actually sort of have a celebration for their daughters when they have their first period. If you want to do that, terrific. If your daughter's ready for that, terrific. Um, some daughters aren't ready for that. But basically, what is important for you to communicate to your daughter and your son in some form or another is you have passed a very important stage in your development. You've transitioned from being a little girl into a woman now because she has. She can bear a child. Before she started her period, she couldn't. And so you want to let her know that this is a different day. This is a different time when you treat your body better than you have up until this time, where you care for your body differently, where you respect your body, and um, where you, you feel proud and good about your body. These are lessons girls have to learn because they don't come naturally. They have to be taught to girls and you're the one who has to be the one to teach them. Friends, I need to take a quick break now, but please don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Let's move on to boys. If you're a single mom, you're a single dad, if you're married, it doesn't matter. You want to talk to your sons the same way. You might want to put it off because you think, oh, they'll figure it out as they go because we don't have to worry because they don't have periods. They're going to just know when it happens. No, you need to talk to your boys for the same reason. First of all, boys are more emotional during puberty than we give them credit for. Okay. So before they start their second stage of puberty at the very end of the first, their brain starts telling their body, get ready, get ready. And they too can be a little PMSy. They're, I don't mean PMSy, more emotionally labile. Okay, they can be volatile. They can cry with an, uh, without any warning. And you need to tell your sons, this is the way it is and it's okay. You don't be embarrassed and don't be ashamed. 
boys as they go through puberty critique themselves and their changes incredibly because they critique the body changes of their friends because they all shower together, they see one another naked, and they're always comparing themselves to the other boy. In particular, they compare their penis and testicular size, their penile and testicular size to another boy's. And in some ways, they use that as a sign of masculinity and strength. And even though we as adults know this isn't true, it just happens to be where they are in puberty, they use their stage of puberty to decide whether or not they're manly enough or that if they're more manly or less manly than their friends. So you need to talk them through this because this is going to be going through their minds. It's also very important that you deal with a shame issue. Every single boy going through puberty feels awkward. They are embarrassed. They feel ashamed. People look at them. They are too short. They are too tall. They are too fat. They're too skinny. They're too muscular. They're too weak. Um, their voice cracks. Their voice doesn't crack. It's too low. It's too high. No matter what, they can tell you within five seconds of asking them what five things that are wrong about their body. And you want them to feel positive about their body. So you need to address these things and say to them, you know what, honey, every boy goes through puberty differently. Some boys in seventh grade are six feet one. Some boys in seventh grade haven't even begun to develop and they're five foot five or five foot two. Uh, some boys' voices will change in ninth grade some will change in eighth grade. Some will change in 11th grade. It's hard, but you need to know that your body is going to change at a different rate than all of your friends' bodies. But to know that this is totally normal. To understand that you're going to feel awkward about things that are happening. And that's okay. Every boy feels awkward about things that are happening. And then again, you run through, very matter-of-factly, the stages that he's going to go through and the order they're going to go through in. So again, that your son knows what's going to happen. So there are no surprises. You know, it's hard enough going through puberty, but you don't want your son to be surprised by something. That's kind of mean. So stage two usually begins around age 11. It can start at nine. It can start at 13. And when that happens, the testes begin to get bigger. That's the first time. That's the first sign that their puberty has started. The scrotum or the skin around the testes begins to get larger too. Pubic hair, that fine pubic hair begins to grow around the base of the penis. And these changes can be the first things to kind of freak boys out because they don't know what's going to happen. Are they all of a sudden going to be become a fully developed man in two weeks, or is it going to take 10 years? So that's why you need to walk this through them. Stage three happens usually around age 13. The penis gets longer. The testicles continue to get a little bit bigger. Some boys develop breast tissue, okay? And this can start to form under their nipples, and it freaks boys 
out. Usually it goes away. It's called gynecomastia, okay? And boys will feel breast tissue underneath their nipples and they'll want to go to their doctor immediately because they think their breasts are going to grow and grow and grow and something's wrong with them. So we reassure boys that it's totally normal. It will go away. Now, some boys will have breast tissue under one uh, nipple and not the other. Uh, girls as well, I forgot to mention, may have one breast that's larger than another and this freaks them out because they think they're going to be lopsided. And you reassure your daughter, no, they're going to even out at some time. And if by some chance they don't, doctors can help you. Don't worry about that. In stage three, boys begin to have wet dreams. And this is where they ejaculate at night. This is when you can either talk to your boys about wet dreams. I encourage you to do it um, because 100% of boys are going to go through them. Um, they're going to feel guilty. They're going to feel ashamed. They're going to feel embarrassed because maybe their bed, you know, is a little bit wet in the morning and they don't know what to do. They don't want to tell their mom. They don't want to tell anybody. And so I encourage you to talk to them about wet dreams because they happen when a boy is having an erotic dream. Now, he can't control the dreams he has, okay? But but he may wake up in the morning feeling terribly ashamed that he's a terrible person because he had this dream that he isn't even in control of. So you need to tell them that, honey, this is just something that your body is doing and you can't control it and that these feelings are good. God put them there for a reason um, and that you don't need to be ashamed of them. So I encourage you to talk to your sons through that. This is when their voice begins to change. It may crack. It's going to go from high to low to high again. This is also the stage where their muscles are going to change. The muscles are going to get larger. They literally have a different type of muscle fiber that's different from girls and it's different from young boys. Um, their muscles are going to get bigger. Their height growth is going to uh, increase and they can grow anywhere from two to three and a half inches per year. Then they enter stage four. It starts usually about age 14. The testicles, the penis, and the scrotum continue to get bigger um, and the scrotum gets darker. The color of the skin gets darker. They get armpit hair, starts to grow. Their voice becomes deeper. And now they too may start to get some acne. Stage five is where the full adult development occurs. The penis, the testicles are fully developed. Pubic hair is fully formed. Uh, their facial hair is coming in. Boys will need to start shaving. Their height growth will begin to slow down, but their muscles may continue to grow and to get larger. By 18, most boys have reached their full adult height, but many continue to grow in college. And so these are the kinds of things you need to tell them. There's a wide variety of rates at which boys go through this. It's very important, again, that you are positive about your son and your daughter, about their body changes and their growth, that you let them know that an enormous mark in their adulthood is happening. They are going from being a boy to a man, a girl to a woman, and that it is marked by the pubertal changes. It's marked in a girl by her menses. And I really do think as a culture, we should do more to mark the transition 
and I think that bat mitzvahs are very important for kids who are in the Jewish tradition. But I think that non-Jews need to come up with a way to mark these changes too, because it confers a sense of responsibility and adulthood onto children that they need to understand and embrace, because this helps them keep from being a, an adolescent until they're 30 or 35. Now, many questions for kids come up and many parents don't know how to start the conversation, don't know how to answer the questions. But again, I encourage you, if you're starting a conversation with your child and they don't bring it up, for you to sit down and say something like this, you know, I've wanted to talk to you about changes your body's gonna be going through over the next few years. And I want you to know that every single one of your friends is gonna go through these. And some of their parents are gonna to talk to them about the changes, some of their parents aren't. But it's really important for me to talk you through these so that you're not surprised by anything, so that you feel good about who you are becoming as a man or as a woman. And I want you to know that the first thing that's gonna happen in your development is going to be this. And then you, you talk them through that. And then you go on and you talk them through every single stage. Make sure you talk to them about emotional changes as well, um, particularly with boys, that they're gonna be emotionally a lot more labile. Um, some of the most common question boys have are this. And again, I go through this in my course. Um, and they'll say, to their parents. Some boys want to see my private parts. Um, one boy asked me to pull down my pants. What do I say? And you say to him, honey, that's a normal curiosity that boys have, but it's very important that you don't allow anyone to see your private areas where a bathing suit would go because those are very, very special parts of your body. The same goes with girls. Girls will say, another girl wanted to, to look under my underwear, under my skirt, or a boy did, or they pulled my pants down in the bathroom and I was very embarrassed. What do I say? And again, you reinforce to them the sense of body boundaries. Now, it's really important to start teaching kids about body boundaries from the time they're three or four on. Body boundaries are essentially, this is your body. It was made perfectly. It is beautiful and wonderful and complex, and it is yours. It is no one else's. You are the protector and the care of that body. That's why you wear a bathing suit to the beach. That's why the doctor should cover you up with a paper cloth when he or she is examining you, because your body is beautiful and it is yours and only you, mom, dad, or the doctor should see your body. If those people, of course, are trustworthy. And anywhere the bathing suit is, is off limits to anybody except for you, mom, dad, or the doctor. And you teach them to learn that, to know that, and to feel proud about their body. And during puberty, especially, you up that teaching. And you tell your kids, your sons or your daughters, that their bodies are off limits to other people, not because they're embarrassed, not because they should be ashamed, but because of the exact opposite, because they're to be protected and cared for and cherished. Because you, you always want to help your son or daughter learn to respect their bodies. So as they move into their later teen, early adult years, 
They learn that their bodies are not to be given out willy-nilly to anybody who wants to touch or see or do whatever they want to. If you don't teach your kids early on that their bodies are incredible and they need to be protected and cherished, your kid is going to very easily undress for anyone. And that's the last thing you want. And these conversations should begin before puberty, but particularly during puberty, they need to be reinforced. So friends, I hope that this has been helpful for you. I hope that you have taken away from this podcast the understanding and the conviction, if you will, that you need to talk to your kids about puberty that you need to be the one to confer your values and beliefs and understandings of their bodies onto them so that they can internalize them and believe them as well. You want to be the one who's going to spell out the changes that are going to be happening so that they can feel positive about them, that if they feel any shame at all, that it's lifted from their shoulders because kids should never feel ashamed of their bodies, ever, ever, and that you can dispel those feelings and thoughts of shame. You are in the position to do that. A book isn't. A teacher can or cannot. A friend can't. Um, other adults can't. But you're the one that your child looks up to. You're the one that they want validation from. And so when you alleviate that shame from them, it's gone. Also, you need to let your kids know that talking about very important things like body changes and very personal feelings and personal experiences are not off limits to you. You are the one who wants to be the person that they talk to about these changes. You want to be the go-to person when any question comes up around their sexuality, their gender, their sexual orientation, their gender identity, any questions that they have about their body and changes and their physicality and their emotions, all those questions need to be brought to you. Because if you don't let your kids know that you want to be the go-to person, they will find answers. And many of the places they find those answers are not places that you don't want your kids to find them from. So you can do this. Get prepared. Look at my course. Review my course on how to talk to your kids about puberty. I have one for talking to sons. I have one for talking to daughters. I even have a video in the course where I talk directly to kids. Okay, because sometimes parents need a little bit of help and need a little guidance and coaching. So the course is filled with information for you that will help you jump into the conversation. It's so much easier than you think it is. It really is. The longer you delay it and postpone it, the harder it's going to be for you to do. So I hope this has been helpful for you, friends. Check out my course. And as you leave today, I'm not going to give you three points to ponder because I've given you many other points to ponder, many things to think about. Always remember, as you look at your beautiful and perfect and wonderful child, that great kids are raised, not born. 
Hey, this is Mike, producer for Dr. Meg Meeker's Parenting Great Kids podcast. Do you ever find yourself asking, what do I do now after you've listened to an episode? There are two things parents need to do in order to raise great kids. First, they need to know what to do in any situation. And second, they need to know how to do it. How is this done? Through Dr. Meeker's Parenting Great Kids community. Imagine being able to ask Dr. Meeker a specific question about your child. How would that make you feel? No matter what problems you're facing, Dr. Meeker has seen it and is here to help you. In the PGK community, she has a library of digital courses you can learn from on demand. These courses are only available to members of the community. She regularly answers burning questions parents have, gives video teachings on specific topics, goes live inside this community, and gives you the encouragement you need. Participating in the community is like being in our office with her. Go to MeekerParenting.com for more information about how you can join the Parenting Great Kids community now.